What's going on, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to episode number 34 of the Review Point podcast, coming to you from fanboysanonymous.com. I am your host, Tony Mango, and today I'm going to be talking about the hits and the misses of the film Star Trek Beyond. I just went to go see that a little bit earlier today, so if you guys are interested in finding out what's good, what's bad, then that's what we're going to be talking about here. If you want a more compact version of this review, go ahead and check out the Minuteman review, which is about 60 seconds or so long. But um, we are going to get into more in-depth analysis when it comes to different parts of this movie. Not going to talk about everything, obviously, but I do want to warn everybody ahead of time that I may be saying some spoilers here. So if you have not seen the movie yet and you don't wish to know what happens, go ahead and bookmark this, watch the movie, and then come back. Or if it doesn't really matter to you if something gets spoiled, then, you know, continue on and listen. And maybe this is going to be the difference maker of whether you see the movie or you don't. I don't know, whatever the case may be. So let's just dive right into this here. One of the biggest misses from the trailer that I think actually was one of the biggest hits of the entire movie, maybe my favorite part of the entire movie, period, was that song, Sabotage. Uh, if you had watched that trailer and you saw the reaction that people had from that, most people, myself included, thought that it was just a very odd choice and they were kind of taken aback by the tone and everything like that. Oddly enough, it works so well in this movie as just, like, this stupid thing that happens in there. And um, it was just this, like, fun uh, direction that I didn't expect it to take necessarily. So if that was the thing that made you go, oh, I don't know if I really want to watch this movie, I suggest going ahead and checking out the movie nonetheless. It won me over, so that's a big, big deal going forward. Uh, it was fun, this whole movie in general. Uh, it, it was a sort of thing where I thought that the tone was going to be a little bit different from this, and I was surprised in a good way. Uh, if you weren't aware, J.J. Abrams was the director of the first two movies, and this time around it was Justin Lin, who has a different style than J.J. Abrams. I mean, he it's not that he's a bad director or anything like that, but if you look at his track record and you look at J.J. Abrams, they don't really match up in a lot of the same ways. J.J. Abrams has sort of a, a mix between an action style and a Steven Spielberg thing. Justin Lin is more pure action. I mean, just to break down some of the different movies that he's familiar with, uh, the Fast and the Furious franchise is pretty much his baby. He's done some episodes of Community, which I love that show. Uh, so he's good at action. But sometimes, maybe not the best storyteller if you're looking at the Fast and the Furious kind of things. So I was worried that this was going to be a situation where it was going to be pure action and that was it. But we didn't get just action. We got some good story beats and stuff too. So a big positive when it comes to that. Uh, the tone kind of meshed really well with what we've seen in the first two movies. It didn't have like a jarring difference for the style of it it wasn't like well this time now it's all smash cuts and you know weird things like that so uh, if you were worried about the J.J. Abrams connection then that's another thing his his style moves into this one very very well uh, there were some good action beats though too one of my favorites was when they were sliding down the Enterprise dish and shooting backward and all that that was kind of cool it was like uh, something you'd see out of like a Bond film kind of uh, 
I mentioned just a minute ago about the story beats. Another big hit of the movie for me was Kirk's story, which was that he was basically questioning whether or not he would want to keep doing this whole five-year mission because it gets a little tiresome being in space. And for even somebody who is as brash as he is, sometimes it can get down and sort of wear you out a little bit. So I like that theme being explored here. That was a big hit for me. Uh, one of my negatives, one of my misses, was uh, to counter, kind of like counterbalance that. As much as of a hit as it was that the villain had the storyline that he had, which is uh, parallel, I guess you could say, to Kirk, it takes way too long to get into that. So Crawl was just not doing it for me as a villain. He seemed like he was sort of half-assed a little bit, and maybe he's the type of villain that you really, really love if you really love the TV show, because a lot of the parallels that I can see between this and the TV show can kind of work together, and I am not a fan of the TV show. I only like the movies. So a lot of people have been saying that this feels like a long episode of the TV show, and I can understand that but that may be some of the reasons why I didn't like some parts of it, and maybe that's why you would really like some parts of it, too, if you think that it needed to go into more of the TV route. Uh, you know, the direction of the franchise, maybe that wasn't really doing it for you, and you wanted it to see more like the uh, the 1970s or 60s? God, I don't even know. That's how little I care about Star Trek on the TV show. But I do like these movies, and most importantly... If you're trying to make the best movie going forward, I think that this is a good movie overall. So the villain is kind of a downside. He seems more like a TV villain, which is it's kind of a shame. Uh, the main cast outside of Kirk are very hit or miss themselves. I like that Bones had a little bit more to do this time around, and he's pretty much the standout of the bunch. He had a lot of good lines, and... Um, Carl Urban is an underrated actor, I think. A lot of different people don't bring up his name when they should. Now, he's not, you know, going to start headlining movies left and right and such, but I think that this is a movie that showcases that he has a wider range than we sometimes give him credit for. So I really, really liked Bones in this. Uhura was a miss, and it's not any fault on Zoe Saldana or on, say, the character herself, but she needed more to do. It almost seemed like the script pushed her and Sulu off to the side. And I really dig Sulu a lot, too. I wanted him to do more, because these two characters are kind of ancillary a little bit. And it would have been nice to see them get as much of a treatment as Scotty was, because Scotty was a hit for me. He was funny, and he had a good side plot, trying to work out the kinks with the character Jayla, who she was sort of a, a middle ground, not really a hit, not really a miss. I didn't really love a lot of what was going on with her, but she wasn't like offensive by any means. It was just sort of like hollow of a character. And maybe if the movie would have had another 20 minutes and we could have had some more, some more downtime with her or something, I would have liked her more, but I didn't dislike her either. So I can't give her a miss and I can't really give her a hit. She's kind of in that ricochet middle. If you're going to go with a, something that hits but misses at the same time kind of a deal. I really thought a big hit for this movie was addressing Spock's death, or I guess more importantly, Leonard Nimoy's death. It was nice to see them tribute 
uh, at least part of the movie to him. And maybe this doesn't hit me as well because I'm not a Star Trek fan from the, you know, beforehand and all that. I'm sure if I would have seen the movie, I, uh, with having that kind of a background, it would have hit me a little bit harder. But at the same time, that's not that it didn't. It's, uh, I, I didn't cry, but I could see other people crying. That's the sort of message I want to, um, go over here. So I did like that they addressed that. I like the reverence that kind of came with that because they made it seem like, wow, this legend has passed on. And that's kind of the way that it should go. Um, Leonard Nimoy is a huge legend in sci-fi and just fiction in general. So he deserved some kind of a pat on the back like that. And it was interesting to see that that could affect this version of Spock because, I mean, how wouldn't it if you saw your future self from an alternate uh, timeline and kind of a father figure, kind of like an inspirational figure too, that he's passed away. And that was really, really good. Um, Big hit. But unfortunately, that means that there's a big miss when it comes to Chekhov. Um, Unfortunately, Anton Yelkin passed away. He had an unfortunate accident, and uh, that's really just a shame. I mean, he was a great, great actor, and it seemed like his better years were ahead of him. So the entire movie, every time I saw Chekhov, it took me out of it. Just maybe a split second, maybe longer. But every time he popped up on screen, I was just thinking, oh, man, it, it just got me sort of in a sour mood. And, of course, that's nothing on their fault. It's not anything I can criticize the movie on. It's nothing that's a problem with uh, the character. It's nothing with the problem with Anton Yelkin or anything like that. It's just an unfortunate thing that happens in here. So going forward, that's going to be a little bit weird. I don't know how they're going to address that. I don't know what they're going to do. They, at least right now, are saying that they're not going to replace him and recast him with somebody else, but maybe that's the right way to go because he's an important part of that crew, and the entire message of this movie, and previous movies too, is that it's like a family, and if you miss having Chekhov, what are they going to do, you know? Which brings me to another miss. I thought that Carol Marcus should have been in this movie. Alice Eve was a good addition for the last film, so why not have her in there? It's a little bit weird, and she didn't get any kind of mention, as far as I'm aware, of why she wasn't here. So I missed her in there, and not only because she's gorgeous, but uh, I just thought that a little bit of continuity would have helped out there. Instead, it seemed like they used that role for... Maybe the Jayla character, maybe the other one, which uh, I don't know, that alien, that one escapes me. But uh, she looked really, really familiar that entire time, and it was really bugging me. The alien that works with Crawl in there. Every time I saw her, I was just thinking to myself, I think I know this actress, and I'm going to look this up while I'm uh, kind of rambling on here a little bit. But she was a pretty decent part of the film, Not really something that was like, you know, oh my god, this is the most amazing thing in the world, but something that was kind of interesting. Uh, Looks like it might be Melissa Roxburgh. Okay, I don't know her, (laughs) so there goes that idea. Uh, So, yeah, there were some parts in this movie that I I could dive more into with spoilers, but I want to kind of keep that a little bit off on the side here. I liked the way that they were taking this in a different route and trying to do something where it was more about just what would you do if you were in space all this time and if you had that sort of 
itch to to leave and everything. I like that. It wasn't the way that I was expecting this movie to go. I thought that we were going to get some kind of a big Klingon war because they mentioned that in the second film. And logically, the third film in a series is usually some kind of like a war. But I'm not disappointed with that. And I thought that I would be. So the way that I rank this as far as comparing it to the other two, I still think the first one is the best and the second one is probably the second best. But this one is on par maybe with the second one. Some people really hate Into Darkness. I don't quite understand why. So you might not end up liking this all that much if that's the case, but maybe you'll like it more. I mean, um, I've heard, you know, a wide variety of different opinions, so you really just have to go check it out for yourself to figure out whether or not you would like it more or the same or less. But if I have to give this a hit or a miss, I'm going to give Star Trek Beyond a hit. It's not the most enthusiastic hit in the world, but maybe if I was going to give it a 0 to 10 scale, 10 being like the best films of all time, 5 being a middle range, 0 of course being just like the worst things ever, I'd give this a solid 7. I think that this is a good film. I'm glad that I saw it. I'm glad that I saw it in theaters too because just the overall scope of the movie was really cool. Special effects, of course, big hit for that. Uh, soundtrack is a hit. You know, that main theme, when it starts playing, you, you know, you get those little chills and stuff. So yeah, this is a hit. And I recommend everybody to go check it out if you are a Star Trek fan. If you uh, are kind of on the fence, check it out anyway. Why not? You know, this is a movie that deserves fans to go see it, I think. We've been in this weird, um, I don't know what you would call it this year, but movies that aren't making a whole lot of money should be, and some movies that shouldn't be are making more money than they should. So I think Star Trek Beyond deserves your support. Go ahead and check it out, everybody. And whether you've seen it or not, Leave your comments below. Tell me what you think of this whole Star Trek Beyond thing and um, what the hits and the misses are from your points of view. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button as well to find out everything else that's coming your way from our channel. Obviously, keep checking fanboysanonymous.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Well, that is it for episode number 34 of the Review Point Podcast. I want to thank you all for watching this video, listening to this podcast, whatever you're doing, just geeking out with me in general. But my name is Tony Mango, and I am a fanboy. See you next time, everybody. Live long and prosper.